Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett-Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am grateful for my ability to remain calm in stressful situations most of the time. As of this recording, I am 609 days sober, and today we're welcoming a guest to share their experience, wisdom, and hope with you. Welcome, Elle. Hello. Hi. So ex- My name's Elle. Yeah, I'm so excited to get to know you better. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name's Elle. I'm an alcoholic. I'm gay and I'm sober. So yeah, happy to be here. Excellent. We're happy to have you. And tell us a little bit about what your favorite things to do are. So I'm really into escape rooms at the moment, Mm. which I do with my girlfriend. We love them. Definitely a lot easier as well when you're sober and I just have so much fun doing them I love to solve puzzles so and going on long walks pretty cliche really but watching tv shows Mm -hmm. all of that that's probably my favorite hobbies I'm trying to get back into the gym and I will get there soon (laughs) story of my life yes (laughs) excellent (laughs) and why don't we jump in then and tell us a little bit about what your journey with alcohol and addiction was like Absolutely. Yeah. So I live in England. So I grew up in England and I'm 26 years old. So when I was younger, it was quite, it was quite the cliche to sort of go out with your friends, drink, you know, about 14, 15 years old. And, you know, it it was just quite common, lots of house parties. And I think that that all felt quite normal. Nobody really raised an eyebrow, especially family and friends. It's only then when it goes into your 20s, mid-20s, that then you realise, hang on a second, you know, something's not quite right here. You know, it should have slowed down a bit. So I think for a long time, I sort of just in my head thought, oh, I really like to drink. You know, a lot of people do. The culture is as well, you know, after work drinks or everything's a celebration even baby showers which I've not really understood the point of because the bride can't even drink but there's just booze everywhere really so I've got quite an addictive personality as well so I sort of really it really got hold of me and then I think when I was about sort of 20 which is quite young to decide that I want to slow it down or stop I tried and I couldn't and then there was the whole sort of oh shit moment you know I can't I can't stop so from from about my 20s, early 20s to the age I am now, I've been trying to slow that down, stop. And in the end, I realised that moderation is never going to be an option for me because I simply can't do it. So that's where I am today. In regards to the difference, it's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy difference. It's the most positive thing. I've never, ever, ever regretted trying to or being sober, whereas, you know, 
you know, in the past, I thought, you know, it was going to be the hardest thing in my life. And, oh, I'm going to be boring. I'm not going to have fun. But actually, I've got such amazing friends now. I've got an amazing girlfriend, a great job. And, you know, I'm. it's just my life is amazing without it. So, you know, it wouldn't make sense for me to try and moderate when I when I can't. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, after spending so long trying to moderate, what kind of happened or made you realize that you you can't and that abstinence is like the only way to avoid it? So I think, it, you know, it's like with the dry January. I don't think, you know, alcoholics and non-alcoholics, you know, people, a lot of work colleagues, they're trying to do dry January. And then after about two or three weeks, something will come up and then they won't be able to do it. And I think for me, it was almost like I couldn't go a week. You know, three days was was hard. And then a week, you know, it generally after about a week, I would then fall back into it. And, you know, and then the other factor as well, the main factor when I was trying to moderate, you know, after taking little breaks, I'd say to myself, okay, you know, I'm going out tonight, I'm going to stick to singles, not going to go for the double vodkas. And, you know, and I'm going to stop after three or four drinks, but I just couldn't do it, you know, and and I know that perhaps maybe even non-alcoholics, you know, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, let's have a few. But I would always be the last person standing, you know. So it, I just realised that there was absolutely no way. Put it this way. I mean, after six years of trying to moderate, I've never successfully been able to stop after two or three drinks, which is absolutely crazy because, you know, <laughs> it's just, I, I just can't explain it, you know. Well, I guess we can't, we're, we're alcoholics. But yeah, but yeah so that, that's sort of when I realised, oh no, I've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And how do you feel your sexuality played a role in your addictions? So in regards to that, I think, I think personally, so Tinder, okay, I use Tinder a lot. I'm I'm a feminine lesbian and I'm attracted to feminine women. That can be quite hard, especially when you're out and about. You know, if I see a girl, I think, oh, you know, she's good looking and I'll look at her. The likelihood is, is if she's not gay, she's going to think, what the hell are you staring at? <laughs> and then also there's the whole nervousness of approaching someone. So in terms of meeting someone organically, even though it is the 21st century, it is quite hard to work out, okay, who's gay and who's not or bisexual. So I did spend a lot of my time on Tinder. It's quick, it's easy. But in regards to then dating, you know, what do you do when you go on a date? It's always, oh, let's meet for a drink. Um now, Elle can't have one drink. Elle can't have two. She's going to have, you know, eight or whatever. So I think that, you know, and on top of that, with dating, you know, obviously it, you get nervous, don't you? So you're, you're generally going to drink more anyway. So in regards to my sexuality, I would say that, you know, a, mostly all of my dates started off in a bar, mm. you know, whereas I've got some friends and and they don't necessarily do that. You know, they they, they might go to the cinema for a first date, which I always think is crazy because I, I wouldn't want to sit in silence for two hours next to someone I don't know. But there you yeah. go. But yeah, so I probably say that. And then obviously as well, you know, in terms of potential rejection as well you know let's say you're going out you're you're having a few drinks and you try and maybe hit on someone that you think's gay I think it, you're more likely to get turned down as as someone that's gay and out and about than someone that's not because you know I think it's very people call it beer goggles don't they people heterosexual people will sleep with everyone and anyone but I think it's quite rare to sort of meet someone that is 
the same like you you know like you spot someone you're like oh but yeah so I've, I've definitely had quite a few rejections when I've been out and about so I do think my sexuality did play a part in that when I was out drinking as well yeah and how has that changed since getting sober what's it been like dating sober and getting connected oh. to a community Honestly, it's been incredible. So my my girlfriend now, I've been together with her now for coming up just over a year and a half. But honestly, it feels like five years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's been absolutely amazing. I wasn't sober at the beginning of our relationship, but I was trying to be. And, you know, she's so supportive. I She's not a massive drinker herself, which obviously I I don't think I would be able to be with someone that is. but just being able to get to know someone, know all the ins and outs of them, remember the conversations that you've had, you know, it's just been absolutely incredible. And my confidence has grown as well. I don't feel like, oh, I need to have a drink to feel more confident about, you know, A, B and C. I'm just so, you know, I'm just completing myself. And she said the same as well. It's like a different person, you know, which which is amazing. And we trust each other as well. You know, our trust has got better. So, yeah, and, and she's got two young children as well. So it just wouldn't have ever been feasible for, for me to, to continue the lifestyle I was having and be able to be a, a, a great girlfriend and, you know, be around her children. So it's 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 been amazing. That is awesome. And what are some things that you do in your daily life to help keep you sober? So definitely I read my big book, the AA. I go to AAs. At the moment, I'm actually doing 90 meetings in 90 days, which I've never done before. So meeting every day, that that has just been incredible. I know when I first started going to meetings, I I was very unsure. I went in person to begin with, but it was probably all the more daunting. Mm -hmm. And I just found, you know, I was thinking, oh, I don't belong here. You know, everybody introduced themselves by saying, hi, my name's, you know, this and I'm an alcoholic. And I thought, oh, you know, this was, by the way, about five years ago when I first ever went to a meeting. And but I just found myself every meeting nodding along and it could be complete there's there's such a wide variety of people it could be someone elderly someone young male female you know a a high social status you know or maybe someone that's a bit lower status and I just find myself nodding 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 and I realized then that this is incredible the power of AA because for whatever reason there's just a sense of community and Every time I walk away with a message or with a tip or with something that makes me think. So, yeah, AA is really important to me. And I think that's why I perhaps didn't do as well when I tried to stay sober a few years back. So definitely walks. I can't underestimate how important exercise is. You know, it gives us those natural chemicals that we get when we drink. So endorphins, dopamine. So I love my walks. And as well as that, I, I, I'm I more open with people. You know, I say when I'm struggling. I used to think beforehand that if I did say, oh, I feel a bit triggered today or, oh, I felt like this, that then people would straight away assume, oh, great, you know, she's going down that path again. When in reality, I'm not. But I think it's so important to be open with your feelings and have someone that you can trust so that they are aware. You know, it's, it's not a case of, oh, I'm going to, you know, screw up now. It's just a case of being open with someone because I think a lot of alcoholics or addicts, we do dwell on our problems and we've been so used to then drinking to 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 get rid of that instead of talking to someone. So once you remove the drink, it's not healthy for you to bottle that up anymore because you will 
explode in the end. Mm -hmm. So definitely talking to someone has helped. Um, But yeah, and having fun as well. You know, being sober isn't all doom and gloom. You know, if anything, it's, it's better. You know, like I said about the escape rooms, I would never have been able to have used my brain like that before I would have probably thought oh this is going to be so fun have a few drinks before but you know it's 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 incredible now the things that I enjoy and the intellect that comes with that and watching you know tv shows and having fun and just remembering everything you know not waking up thinking oh there's gaps there's amnesia what did I say what did I do who did I upset so yeah definitely creating a life that's that's worth living is 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 my sort of key there yeah I love that so much and if you can give some advice to someone who's newly sober or sober curious what would it be so I think something that I would give, which is something that I didn't realize, and perhaps this is going to sound negative, but I really don't mean it to come across negative, is that it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And if you're coming into it thinking, you know, this is this is going to be easy and this is going to be, you know, I'm going to just be able to do this and I'm not going to have troubles. I mean, I don't know about yourself. You've been sober a lot longer than me, but I'm sure there are times when you can feel right this is really hard at the moment last Tuesday Um, oh there you go (laughs) so I think I think if you sort of remove all expectation you're not going to be disappointed when you don't feel as great as you intend to feel and it is just one day at a time and it sounds so silly but it literally is one day at a time because those days add up boy do they add up so just taking it one day at a time throwing yourself into AA, if that's your thing. I know it's not everyone's thing. And if not, you know, just making sure that you are keeping your brain, you know, occupied and thinking about sobriety because it has to be a priority. I'm probably giving a bit more advice now, but one last piece of advice I'll give as well, which has helped me this time around immensely, is do it for yourself. Do it for yourself because if you're doing it for anyone else, which we are all guilty of to begin with, subconsciously we're not ready yet, but everyone around us is saying, you know, you're you're sinking and what can we do? And and you think, okay, fine, I'll I'll do it. But unless you actually want to do it for yourself, you're not gonna do it because you just won't. Yeah, um, I can so- I can relate. I definitely went to my first couple of meetings because it was suggested by other people in my life. And so like at first I like when I was dipping my toe in, I might've been doing it for them, but like a month in, like I realized like, oh, it's not for them anymore. Like it's for me now. And that was a big shift. Absolutely. Excellent. And no matter how we get sober, we generally find a quote or a mantra or a song lyric that we like to live by. Do you have any favorites? Yes, I do. So I think my favorite, and it's always been my favorite quote before recovery and definitely during is this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And that means that no matter the day that you're having, no matter the awful things that may pop up in life, it will pass, it will get better. And, you know, I think of that a lot, especially because I was someone that drank all my emotions. It's very important for me to tell myself, this situation is going to get better. No matter what, it always gets better. It may take, you know, a few hours, a few days, weeks, months, or maybe even a year to get to where you want to be, but it will pass. And I think that's quite a comforting quote to to, to take away. Yeah, certainly. And any last words of wisdom or advice? 
Um, I would just say again, as they say in AA, keep coming back, you know, even if you don't fancy it that particular day, you know, just have a look online, look at those quotes, follow those sober accounts, you know, because you never know when something might pop up and you might think, oh, you know, just keep it. If it can't be at the front of your brain in early sobriety, at least have it in the back of your brain, but have it with you every day because, you know, it's just it's all about consistency. But yeah. Yeah. And speaking of sober accounts, are you interested in sharing yours? Absolutely. I'd love to. Yep. So my sober account on it, I've got one on Instagram. It's at Sober Soul Food. I created that a name actually a while back when I started and it was going to be just for me. And then since then, I sort of shared quite a lot of advice. And I'll be completely honest, this is a secret. There you go to put on your podcast. Mm. Quite often, I'll go back and look at my own account and read my own posts, because as much as I write, and I'm good at giving advice, like we all are, I also suck at taking advice, especially my own. And my account has done its purpose and has actually helped me. So yeah, check out my um, page and give me a follow and I like to interact with my followers as well so you can always drop me a message excellent and do you have any other favorite sober accounts you'd recommend for people as they're scrolling and adding oh gosh I should have prepared this so many <laughs> so many <laughs> all right one, one, there is one YouTube account which I would like to say and it's it, it, it's a gentleman called Craig Beck he's English and he's called the stop drinking expert And he does very little short YouTube videos and they are really good. So check that out. But also, if you want to find some great accounts, just look at the accounts I'm following because all of those ladies, men and everyone, you know, they're they're incredible. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure getting to know you better, Al. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Yes. And stick around because we'll head on over to the post show in a moment. But in the meantime, thank you listeners for tuning into another episode of Gay A. If you're interested in sharing your story or getting involved with the show, I'm an email away at gayapodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, like Al, I'm at, at gayapodcast. If you'd like, head on over to our Patreon page and join today so you can continue to hear our post show as we dive more into Al's experiences in sobriety. And until next time, stay sober, friends.